111. Got to do this pharmacy run quick and then head back home to do the virtual round table. Gotta do that virtual round table. Where we discuss what's going down in the US and what are the mirror experiences up here in Canada. Now there's plenty, just a covert thing. And this is the difference. The covert racism up here is in a lot of ways worse. Like I've said before, you know, I'd rather just know where I stand with somebody so we can scrap it out or completely avoid each other or argue it out, talk shit to each other and move on. That's how I prefer my racist. That's how I prefer my racist. No, but seriously. Knowing where you openly stand with somebody is far, far superior than pretending that it doesn't happen. It's overt in the case of the indigenous. It's covert for a lot of other people. But as I've said before, Middle Eastern community, the quote-unquote Asian community, but specifically Chinese, to some extent, like the Filipino community. When you keep to yourself and focus on your economics, you seem to or seemingly avoid the nonsense that's doled out by the system. Because you got that power, you got that financial economic power. Financial economic power is always is always where it's at, man. And that's what blacks need to collectively work on. In the US they what? They can spend over a trillion dollars a year. That's real power, economic power, if directed and used properly and not for consumer bullshit but I mean money when people are going through shit the ability to spend is is an antidepressant in itself you know this is where it is though I can't be bad. I can only try and help the people around here and spread the messages they gotta get spread. But I'm only one person. One person 
I don't even know if I'm trying to make change. You know what I mean? I don't think in those terms. I was at a dinner a couple of weeks ago. They asked me, because they asked me about, you know, what I do. I explain the different things I'm involved in. They're like, so do you feel like you're making a change? And I'm like, I don't think, think of it in terms of those, you know, pat on the back, feel good type of definitions. For me, I can relate to people, and that's all that matters. It ain't really about, can I save the world? Or can I make a difference? I've always just acted. And I'm sure many people in this, in these sorts of fields are like that too, you know, their involvement might be sparked by incidents that happen to them personally. And then from there, they get involved with things. The superhero, I want to save the world types. A, I don't particularly like them and their attitude. But if they accomplish something, they accomplish something, then that's fine. If they assist in the solving of the issue, then that's fine. That's, that's good. But inherently, I don't like them people. Because it's, uh, it's the same. It's like there's allies and then there's people who are like, oh, let's save the poor black people. Like the people that go to Africa and shit. They pick a country in Africa and say, oh, let's go to Guinea and try and save the poor people. As if their ideology and their way of doing things in Canada or the US or the UK is like the superior and dominant way of doing things. I'll buy you. For a lot of human history, people have been immigrating here. I mean, it's in my family too. Coming here for a better up for better opportunities, a better life. That don't mean that. That don't mean that uh, the reverse isn't happening either. There's plenty of people bouncing from here to go there. It's like when I was offered um, a position teaching in China. And so I spent a lot of time, months, looking into people who were teaching in China. And guess what? A lot of people just were like, I'm staying here. Fuck going back. And then when COVID hit, because I was watching them people, watching those message boards, those Reddit forums, those group chats, I was like, okay, are people going to come back? And many of them were like, you know, it probably makes sense to go back, but go back to wherever they came from, but they ain't going to do it. What's the fuck, what the fuck's the point? If it's a global virus that affects everybody, what difference does it make fleeing 
to go to somewhere else where the the problem still exists. And they got a point. Many of them are still out there. All these months later. Alright, rolling up to the pharmacy. Let's see what's cracking. I was told that my medication will be here after 10. So, let's see. All right. still talking about the Nova Scotia mass killings. They've been very quiet about that. They've been very quiet about the details. This has been a very odd incident too. Outside of the, the killing. No problem. Oh really? Well, well, I oh right. Where is he now? He well, was right now he's in the hospital because he caught that COVID-19. Uh, after after the killing, went real quiet. And after going quiet, little bits of info come out here and there. What? Back in 2011, they were investigating this dude or they were alerted of this guy back in 2011 it's fucked up man anyway I'll talk to y'all later once I get this alright so got what I needed quick things quick quick things So, as I was saying, what was I saying? Yeah, the round table should be interesting because hey, it's good to get a bunch of minds together. And I think it's a, um, and this would make sense, predominantly black, panel but fucking truck but yeah there was um some of the organizers and the people involved in setting this up were yeah they're POC but they're not black and right now it's a black focused issue that we're discussing now you know what we, we don't see people like when there's an indigenous issue you don't see black people hopping in or 
anybody else hopping in really somehow when it's black people it's like everybody else wants to get involved and have a say in how things should be and I'm not talking about allies I'm talking about like you know you've seen the memes now I'm not racist but or you know all lives matter or maybe maybe they maybe maybe the person did something to deserve the treatment they got all this kind of shit that's what usually happens and to be fair that actually does happen a lot in the indigenous community too it's like oh they want more money that's usually what people are saying or some comment about drinking some comment about drugs some comment about misspending the money it's always some stupid shit and it's like you're dealing with hundreds of years of systemic it's beyond systemic racism it's systemic genocide destruction systemic looting yeah looting pillaging and the thing that's like real fucked up is that everybody loves the other racist women right we'll gun the men down we'll subjugate the men we'll dismiss the men but we'll go after the women because we fetishize them so it's this weird sexism well it's sexism straight up but it becomes like it becomes like we value the woman more than the men they're not they're not saying this but that's what it is we're valuing the woman more than the men but it's only because we're fetishizing them it's like fuck out of here man it's just so unbelievably bizarre <laughs> i mean i saw something interesting so arnold schwarzenegger has been vocal in this time and he said he's like he's like look i see all these young white men the neo-nazis the the neo-confederates and they're trying to resurrect the ghosts of the nazis and he's like i grew up in i was born 1947 all right a lot of the nazis from that period lived their whole lives in shame yeah you guys are trying to resurrect their ghosts some of y'all can oh no he said he said um y'all didn't y'all weren't born like that right y'all learned that after the fact due to a whole bunch of things i remember vice did some piece about um and you know say what you want about vice but vice did a piece about uh soldiers coming back from iraq and i shouldn't say iraq coming back from iraq and afghanistan and being recruited in this like fourth wave of the kkk and various other groups because they're pissed yep yep because they're they're pissed off and have like you know 
First of all, many of them are psychologically fucked up and they're pissed. So you have the perfect breeding ground and, and like petri dish for that kind of racist virus. That piece was some time ago though. That was like five years ago I seen that shit. 2015. Yeah, it was like 2015 I saw that. So I can, and it obviously it's gotten worse, <laughs> you know? But I always come back to something that Don Cheadle said that I'll never forget that I've said before is that when he talks to older blacks who were involved in civil rights and they say that right, what's happening right now is worse, that actually, that strikes a chord. How the fuck is it worse? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, part of it is the argument about integration. It's like integration after segregation when it's not as black and white as that, you know? The integration that happened afterwards went too far in that direction. And I'm really paraphrasing and summarizing this, putting my own spin on it, but post-segregation you have like people who just get brought into the system and contribute to the dominant supremacist system, whether they know it or not. Now there's people that are fighting for rights and freedoms within that, but there's still the overarching system they gotta fight against. So is there ever really progress? God alone knows. I've always felt some level of like, I'm overly contributing to a system that does not acknowledge me as a first-class citizen. Is that a bus? Oh, no, okay, no. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it never acknowledges me as a first-class citizen, and yet I'm supposed to, you know, jump up and down and tap dance for what? some kind of position that a kind of like a supervisor position or some bullshit let me freelance man we all know that and we know the benefits as we knew them don't exist no more we know that so i don't know man it's complicated shit but it is what it is you know it is what it is Anyway, oh boy, it's a nice day. I'm gonna enjoy the breeze. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Back in the streets, yo. Back in the streets. Before my meeting, gotta grab a few things. Quick things, quick things. made a video about black representation in the power structure and system. For all of the shit talking about the U.S., y'all got black mayors, black senators, 
black police chiefs we got a, we got one we got one here but um black police chiefs black cops i mean i kind of separate black cops but they're there we got black educators and i shouldn't have totally talked too much shit we got black professors black academics and so on and independent black people oh boy this line is going to be fucked oh boy lined up in here but yeah that representation is much stronger and that's probably because there's just more of y'all down there the numbers are let me get my cigarettes first actually one second hi got a 20 pack of Belmont King That's it. Thirty-nine. Nice. Yeah. So, just because of the sheer numbers, it allows for you to, and by you I mean. My fellow, my fellow brothers and sisters down there, it allows for you to infiltrate different elements of society in a way that we cannot hear. And those that do face, face uh, a difficult set of circumstances. I'm gonna post an article that I read in the Globe and Mail about two years ago, fucking brilliant article, about this one lawyer and how she felt like well, of course, she never really fit in, but she was forced to pretend to give a shit about things like hockey and things that, you know, her colleagues were really into and the microaggressions and so on. And eventually she, she bounced. And I told this to my, <laughs> to my, my boomer senior citizen mom, and she's like, oh, well, what you gonna do now? Expect a man to pay, pay for him? And I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, if you write this article and end up on the, on it wasn't the front page, but if you write this article and have this kind of attention on you, you don't need to be pushing paper in some office. Your opportunities are limitless at this point. So it was interesting, but yeah. Way more y'all in different positions of power or what we call power simply because there's more y'all. I might do a video about that too because that's important to, to point out. The fact that there's more of y'all means that when you make noise, people hear even if they kind of ignore you, <laughs> you know what I mean? They can still hear you. They still have to visually deal with you. Yes, the media can, can paint the narratives and try and keep you out of the news and won't show representation. Um, in the media, the dark-skinned people in the media is hard, but you still have a, ma a larger number 
much larger number. Okay, I'm gonna pause this because I gotta buy my coffee. All right, coffee ordered. I'm just waiting for the coffee to roll through. Thank you. So yeah, there's so many of y'all down there, and it's you're. I mean, they still consider y'all a minority just by the numbers. But if y'all are a minority there, imagine us here with our 35 million population or 36, 37 million population. My city is 8% black. I think Toronto is something like. 10 or 11 or 12 but it's visible there you know what I mean so the sheer numbers of y'all in the US in urban centers allows you to kind of infiltrate certain arenas certain arenas that Maybe it wouldn't be allowed to, not allowed, but that you wouldn't necessarily. Also keep in mind, keep in mind I'm talking about old world. So pre-internet job land. With internet job land, anybody can do anything. And that's the best part of it. That's something that I like to, to preach to people, like... Not, not so much in the Gary V way, because I think he kind of like overstates it, but... If you find a night, Well, maybe, maybe it's not overstating. If you can find whatever it is that you're good at... It doesn't even need to be something you like necessarily, but... If you're good at something... Like, for example... I don't really like using myself all the time, but there's no guest here, so I have to. I don't necessarily like always having to deal with like, you know, alcoholics and addicts and stuff all the time. Those in recovery, I don't mind, but I don't always like to be in that environment, coming in and out of a shelter. There's beef, there's cops. There's always some kind of argument. It's dirty, you know? But at the same time, because I myself am in recovery and can relate to people, it makes it the perfect job for me. And so I say that and my little, my little recovery group I love that shit, man. I can do that shit forever. Well, I say that now, and maybe a month from now, I'll be like, fuck this. But <laughs> for now, I can do it forever. And, you know, that's just kind of how it is. So, with the internet, you don't even need to be necessarily like 100% like... I will live and die for this. Although you can. But 
if you got skills in something, you can at least exploit them for a while. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. You know, the exploitation of skills. If you got some skills, exploit them for as long as you can handle it, and then move on. I know this is like off topic, but now like the concept of working in one job till you die at the age of 25 to your death, them days are done. So there's more options. So they're not necessarily being black people in the power structure the way that like would look good might not even matter because we have these things called you know, influencers. <laughs> I mean, Obama, I mean, Obama was bringing rappers to the White House. I mean, clearly there's influence there, power there. They reach an audience that a crusty ass politician would not reach. And that's just kind of how it is, man. Like, the people with the most influence are not going to be a crusty-ass politician or a principal or, you know, whoever. Whoever is representing the power structure. I was talking to a, an elder, and he was talking about how he wanted to link up with Black Lives Matter. But he knew that they would look at him as the establishment. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You are the establishment. But at his age, he doesn't really care about that kind of shit, like being called the establishment. You know? Damn, it's windy out here. I hope this mic is... I hope this mic is blocking that wind. Anyway. So... He doesn't give a fuck about being called the establishment, but that's how people view people in those kinds of positions and therefore they tune them out or ignore them or don't trust them. So it's always going to be an influencer type person who will be able to communicate with the people, you know? I would argue that X has more political power and social power than, and social capital than say, I don't want to say Obama, but like some black person that's high up in the system. <laughs> I know that's a, a crazy take, but like, I mean, it's true. Pac, you know? And as time goes on, prodigy, what I mean, I know I'm, I know I'm partial at prodigy, I'm biased and shit, but now I'm saying some shit for years that I'm like, hmm, this guy knows what he's talking about. Y'all remember that letter he wrote from jail that basically broke down, like, the powers that be, the deep state, all this kind of shit? He was breaking it down. And people just looked at him like he was crazy. 
And when he died, it was interesting because fucking DJ Vlad interviews Havoc. And Havoc... So DJ Vlad is trying to bait Havoc into, like, talking about P's um, affinity for, like, talking about the deep state and that shit. And Havoc gave him nothing. He just sat there. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Your boy just died. Don't sully his name. Why Why was Vlad even asking that question, man? What the fuck? Man died. Do you need to understand why he wrote about the Illuminati and shit? I almost just tripped just looking at this girl. Wow. Anyway, so... I'm almost back home now. Once I get home, mic goes off, and I gotta prepare for this round table. You know, you can't really prepare. We see everything that's going on. There's nothing to prepare for. Just express your thoughts. You get to a point, I don't know if it's an age thing or just a mind state thing. I think it's a mind state thing because you just fucking, you don't give a fuck about over preparing for things. <laughs> I did this one interview for a job that I ran with for a couple years that I was literally sitting on the toilet the whole time. They called, the phone rang while I was on the toilet and the whole interview was conducted on the toilet and then I got the job and I'm like, man, you don't give a fuck about something. That tends to be when it plays out better. Not all the time, but a lot of times. Anyway, I am now home. So, I will talk to y'all later. As I always say, I'll talk to y'all later. AKA, I'll talk to y'all in an hour. All right, peace.